Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Oh, oh, Max, damn. Max, you're on. I Max. didn't know we were live. Sorry. I didn't know we were live. I'm sorry, we're Mr. Producer Josh. I was busy. I was, uh, I was, I was busy I was texting turning you. you in. I was busy turning you in. Oh. I don't know if you know this. They're, no. uh, they're offering rewards now. If you have someone who's conservative, who's radicalized, Biden administration now wants you to turn them in. So I'm just writing down my list of all of my enemies that I want to turn in for the cash reward for conservative thought crimes. Did and you I just put just, me in that list? Is that what you just said? You're on the list. Well, I think I, that you got to sprinkle no. in some real conservatives in the list, right? Oh. Otherwise, oh. they'll realize that I'm just uh, I'm, I'm just going after everyone all my, conservative my liberal enemies. For them. I mean, I'll start yeah. making the neighbor down the street like, yeah, he's a hardcore yeah. conservative. Kenny W. on DLive saying, we hate to bother you, Max. Kenny, that's what's called a shtick. It's a shtick to open the show. It's supposed to be funny. I knew we were live. But uh, I'm still turning Josh in. That that part was true. This podcast brought to you by Air Make Care Network. Air Make Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you should you ever need to be airlifted for a medical emergency. It's not something we think about often, but if you spend a lot of time outdoors, if you live in a rural or suburban area, you really should get this coverage for $85 for one year, less if you're a senior, senior citizen, less if you buy three or five years at a time. You and your entire household will be covered should you ever need to be airlifted for a medical emergency. This is really common sense. People have called into the show, told us it cost them 20, 30, 40, 50 grand to be airlifted. Well, for $85, you and your entire household can be covered. Make sure you go to www.airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. So uh, yeah, obviously the shtick is a little funny, a little fun. Uh, did all of you see this, the, the new story, and, and you know Facebook's coming for us. 66 people watching on Facebook. <laughs> they don't want us talking about this. They don't want us talking about this at all. So make sure you hit that share button. Make sure you comment. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Thumbs up are very important as well. And on DLive, keep commenting. Keep with the lemons and we'll give the lemons back as fast as we can. Did you see this, this new story? Let's go, go ahead. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This is from Breitbart. Breitbart. <laughs> Biden administration asks Americans to report potentially radicalized friends and family members. Yes, that is real. An official told uh, reporters during a, a briefing, we will work to improve public awareness on federal resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs. This is a trend that you see often with Biden. They, they want to take away your guns before you can commit violence. They want to throw you in jail before you can be a white supremacist extremist. <laughs> this involves creating context in which those who are family members or friends or coworkers know that there are pathways and avenues to raise concerns and seek help for those who they have perceived to be radicalized and potentially radicalizing towards violence. They're not talking about actual radicalization. They're not talking about actual violence. This is, this is very thinly veiled language for conservatives. They're talking about conservatives. If you disagree with the election results, bam, you're in that group. 
right? If you disagree that Biden was uh, legitimately elected, you're in that group. If you disagree with Biden's policies on pretty much anything, you're in that group. You are a racist. You are a homophobe. They, they throw all the words at you. But the one that they love throwing at you is white supremacist. That word used to mean something. You used to say white supremacist and people understood what it meant, right? You're talking about a KKK, a Klansman. You're talking about a, a skinhead, right? Th these words used to mean something. And white supremacists used to have a lot of power in this country. Not anymore. But if you talk to the Biden administration, you think that white supremacy is just behind every corner. You think it's the 1950s or the 1960s. Bill Maher had a great segment. We're not going to play it because we don't want to get taken down because we'll get taken down immediately if we play it. And in the statement, in the segment, he's criticizing liberals for being so opposed to the very progress that they're trying to advance and, and pushing this ridiculous nonsense narrative that America is somehow more racist now than it was in the 50s and 60s. Obviously not the case, right? Back then, you could fill entire football stadiums with white supremacists, with Klansmen. Today, you can't. You can't. The, the ones that do exist are, are completely ostracized. No one wants racism in society. They don't hold any of the levers of power. But if you listen to the Biden administration, listen to Biden, you listen to Merrick Garland, you'd think that they're behind everything going wrong in the country today, and they are pulling the strings and pulling every single lever of power. Here's the clip yesterday. Merrick Garland's big speech followed up Joe Biden's previous speech from two weeks ago, declaring that white supremacy was the biggest threat to the nation. It, now, if you're keeping score at home, I know that could be a little bit confusing because there's just a couple days ago, Joe Biden said climate change was the biggest threat facing the United States. So it, it's hard to know which is which. I, you know what? We're going to mesh them together. Racist weather. Racist weather is what's doing it. And you joke, but that's actually a thing. They claim that the weather is racist. We covered that last week. <laughs> so it's a combination of white supremacy and climate change that are the biggest threats to the country. But well, let's start with the statement from two weeks ago of Joe Biden. Joe, Actually, this is from a while ago. This is from back in January. Talking about the January 6th protesters, how they were white extremists. Let's play cut number three. As they were screaming, remember, just close your eyes and picture what it was. Well... Mother Fletcher said when she saw the insurrection at the Capitol on January the 9th, it broke her heart. A mob of violent white extremists, thugs, said reminded her of what happened here in Greenwood 100 years ago. Talk about the white extremist thugs. That is an awful way to describe the majority of those people who went to the Capitol to petition the government for a redress of their grievances, something that's supposed to be protected by the First Amendment. Yeah, they were they were people looking to agitate. We've, we've covered on the show by name the people who are actually, actually Antifa types in those crowds trying to gin up the, the violence. We, we've covered how the cops let them in. We've covered how the magnetic locks to the doors of the Capitol were released. You can't release them by kicking it. Anyone who's ever tried to remove an electromagnet, electromagnet when it's charged knows it's not easy to do. It's very, very hard. We've covered all of this, and yet Joe Biden's out there proclaiming that the protesters at the Capitol, the vast majority of them, and I don't mean to take the, the left's language when it comes to the protests from last summer, that, that was a mostly peaceful protest. It absolutely was. You had over 100,000 people there, the vast majority of which never stepped foot on the Capitol, let alone on the steps outside the Capitol. But they've all been branded now as white extremists. Well, Merrick Garland, failed Supreme Court nominee, turned attorney general, turned 
race hustler, I guess, came out with a, a speech yesterday. A speech yesterday proclaiming, like Joe Biden, that white supremacists pose the most dangerous threat to this republic. Let's play this clip. Cut number two. The number of open FBI domestic terrorism investigations this year has increased significantly. According to an unclassified summary of the March intelligence assessment, the two most lethal elements of the domestic violence extremist threat are racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia violent extremists. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocate for the superiority of the white race. So you notice the circular logic of this. They, they are proclaiming that white supremacists pose the greatest risk, the greatest threat to the United States. And to determine that, they're saying that investigations of white extremists are up. Well, the reason that investigations of white extremists are up is that they've branded the January 6th protesters as white extremists, right? I mean, it, it's not up. It, it's one singular protest of which, yeah, there, there were people who were who were doing bad things. We all distanced anyone who was punching cops, who was breaking windows, kicking in doors. We've always tried to distance ourselves from them. That's not what that was about. That protest was about going up to the Capitol and petition the government for the redress of grievances, something that, as I said, the First Amendment is supposed to explicitly protect at a time when we need a Congress to hear us. That is how you do it. You go to the steps of Congress, as so many different movements have done before, and you protest during and leading up to major, major votes, which is what the reading and the counting of, of the Electoral College ballots is it was it was it was a very important vote that we that those protesters wanted to be there so that Congress would hear them and not just presume they were okay with it through through their silence. <laughs> so that was the major event that's been branded as white extremism. So now they're investigating all of them. We've covered on the show. Joe's covered on the show about the the heinous conditions a lot of these people have faced inside of the jails, inside of the prisons, how how they're being prosecuted, even though the government can't even prove they're in the building how even the ones who were inside the building were waved in by police officers. None of it, none of it really adds up whatsoever. So they go after conservatives, brand them white extremists, and then use that data to say, oh, white extremist terrorism is up. Therefore, we need $100 million. That's what they're asking for, $100 million to go after white supremacists. Now, I, I think in my life I probably ever met one. I've been thinking back. I think I've only ever met one person I would actually describe as a white supremacist, and I wanted nothing to do with them, right? I, I would have a hard time. Just look at what was going on in the comment section the other day on DLive. We had a couple people in the comment section spouting anti-Semitic nonsense, and the entire comment section turned against those people. They wanted them out, right? I, I couldn't really... I couldn't really moderate it in real time, so I just gave put them in timeout and let them just simmer down. And if they come back, they'll probably get another timeout or banned. But we see this happening on the channel a lot where people just come in and out of nowhere, they start spewing anti-Semitism, white supremacy. And you all watch the show, you listen, you see what's going on in the comment section. No one ever agrees with these people, right? And as we'll talk in, this, in a little bit, those people are likely plants, either by leftist organizations hoping to catch us off guard, or as we will see in a second, maybe even the federal government itself as people are referring to them online, the glowies. When you see what's going on with this, they want $100 million to go after white supremacists. They're talking about you, whether you like it or not. 
you even if you aren't a white supremacist, which I don't think any of our listeners are, right? I certainly am not. But they're talking about us because white supremacy has been so very diluted. And notice they never tell you what how they define white supremacy. They always leave it like amorphous. They they leave it so it can just kind of swing however they want. Same with racism. Same with homophobe. Same with, same with uh, all the different ists and isms that they throw out. They never actually tell you what a white supremacist is. They just brand certain things as, oh, that's white supremacy. They treat it as if it's something you, you'll know it when you see it. But then you're, you're kind of looking around and you're like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? Here's a couple examples. Um, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This was a real, this was a real uh, Washington Post National Weekly. The racist legacy many birds carry. Birders grapple with complicated past linked to slavery, white supremacy. I kid you not that they are coming for the bird names. They are claiming that the birds, the names that they've been given, I don't know, Robin, Blue Jay, I, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. They're actually claiming that, that birds carry a white supremacist legacy, the names they were given. It's insanity. It, it, you say this can't be real. But when you ask what is white supremacy and you go into the Washington Post in the last couple of days, what you find, white supremacy, is apparently birds. It doesn't make any flipping sense. But no, they have they have cemented it as, oh, we can just call it something white supremacy and we're going to get away with it. They now go to birds. Here's one from National Geographic just the last couple of days about Michigan. This is a real headline. In Michigan, making the outdoors more accessible to people of color. Sub, subtitle, black and brown people from ur urban areas face many barriers to outdoor recreation. Here's how one group overcame them on Lake Superior. White supremacy is now a doorway. No, I, I, I get what they're going with. Like you can't boat if you don't have enough money to buy a boat or rent a boat. Or if you don't come up with enough money, if, if you grow up poor and you can't join the yacht club and you don't know how to sail, obviously then you're not going to be able to just go out and sail. I, I get that, but the idea that we need to make the outdoors more accessible to people of color, and if you disagree with that, you're a white supremacist. Okay, you want the outdoors accessible, here's the door. Open the door. No one's locked the door. No one's locked black or brown people inside, but they're creating that narrative that somehow the act of going outdoors, there are barriers in place rooted in white supremacy, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Here's another one. I'm not kidding. I have, I have a million of these. This is fertility for colored girls. I, I thought we're not allowed to call them colored girls. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Whoever started this organization is in trouble. Fertility for colored girls. That is in quotes. Don't ban me, bro. Launches Jacksonville chapter with brown fertility. 11.5% of black women have trouble getting pregnant compared to 7% of white women. Now they're claiming that infertility is racist. I mean, listen... Everything is racist. Everything that is the, anything from the slightest annoyance up to literally blocking you from giving birth is now racism. It's white supremacy. It's white supremacy. Everything is white supremacy, if you haven't noticed. Go ahead and, and take down my screen, Mr. Producer. Which is why when you see Merrick Garland get up there and proclaim that he's coming after white supremacy and you see that that term means nothing anymore. It can mean whatever the person wants it to mean. It means literally nothing. It means bird names now. Is, is Merrick Garland need $100 million to go after birds? 
No, he's coming after you. Because every political opinion you hold, there's someone in the Democrat Party or the leftist establishment who proclaim that that is white supremacy. If you don't want unchecked immigration, that's white supremacy. If you want to build a border wall, that's white supremacy. It's definitely xenophobia, but it's also white supremacy. If you disagree with giving amnesty to every illegal alien in the country, including those with up to four misdemeanor convictions, that's white supremacy because that's their plan. If you disagree with getting rid of the filibuster, you support Jim Crow. That's white supremacy. They Everything. If you, if you disagree with gun control, even though gun control historically has been put into place to disarm black and brown communities, if you disarm, if you disagree with gun control today, you are white, a white supremacist. That's racist, right? Go down the list. Every single proposal, if, if you disagree with climate change, don't you know that black people are disproportionately affected by rising sea levels? I made that up. That's not even real, but I guarantee you there's a leftist who will say that. Climate change is racist. We, we covered this on the show that black people apparently live in hotter areas. Well, you know, live in urban areas. I'm just going to try and, and BS this to see if I can just extract a little nugget of truth. Oh, well, black people tend to live in urban areas. And as you know, blacktop gets very hot in the summertime. So therefore, heat, climate change, weather is racist. This is so stupid, right? I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I just want to show that they're coming after you. Every belief you hold now, if it's, a, if it's a conservative belief, they are branding it as white supremacy. <laughs> they're coming for you. It, it, it's not that if you think that, oh, they're not going to come for me because I'm not a white supremacist. If that's what you think, think again. And here, go put up image eight, Mr. Producer. We showed this on the podcast a couple months ago. This is a Yahoo News article. Image eight, Yahoo News article titled White Supremacy is the Root of All Race-Related Violence in the U.S., look down at the part that's highlighted and they say, so when a black person attacks an Asian person, the encounter is fueled perhaps by racism, but very specifically by white supremacy. White supremacy does not require a white person. So if a black person beats an Asian person, that's white supremacy. It's your fault. Also the birds. I mean, none of this makes sense. And for them to stand up there and say that this amorphous term that they can't even define is the greatest threat to the country and they've made it so so diluted that they can claim that just anything is white supremacy that they can just shift those goalposts wherever they want them listen whatever you think of the war on terror at least they were able to identify a specific ideology a specific offshoot of of radical islam islamism right at least they were able to point and say okay these are the groups yeah they have splinter chapters yeah they have other things but those are the groups and yeah sure the authorization for use of military force got out of hand and it's been used to justify all types of things that wasn't intended to. But at least there, they could say, this is who attacked America. This is who we're blaming. This is who we're going after. Here, everything is racist. And, and, and racism is the biggest threat to the country. Didn't you know? Didn't you know that? It's, it's pretty incredible. I, I, I want to play a couple clips just so you can see just how crazy this has gotten. In case you forgot, I had to dig through my emails. I wasn't able to get all of them. I wasn't able to get all of them because there's so damn many. Remember, remember Mount Rushmore is white supremacy. Put on cut number four.
For the folks who live here, it's concern on two fronts, really the coronavirus, which you've laid out, and then this matter of history and the historical context that we find ourselves in. You know, shortly after that rally in Tulsa on Juneteenth, people here viewing the president similarly as picking this spot and this date and doing it on purpose. When you talk to leaders inside the Native American community, they will remind you that this is indigenous land promised to the Lakota community in 1868 and then betrayed by the U.S. government, that treaty betrayed. Take a listen to the head of the NDN Collective and how he describes the monument behind me. The biggest message is that Mount Rushmore is, is really a national symbol, symbolism, a symbol of white supremacy. When you have, when you carve out, you know, four white men it. who were. Mount Rushmore is white supremacy. Did you remember it? I thought I might get you with that. That's an old clip. That's from last year. Mount Rushmore is white supremacy. Everything's white supremacy. And you know what? I set myself up for the most uncomfortable ad read because now they're going to interpret this as a call to violence. But this podcast is sponsored by WeThePeopleHolsters.com. You're going to want to make sure you check them out. They sent me one. I love it. I love the thing. For $40, just 40 bucks. That's what it starts at. We the People holsters are custom molded to fit your exact firearm for a quick, smooth draw. They have thousands of different options to choose from, plus a selection of custom printed holsters, including a line with real tree camouflage. Now, while you're there, make sure you check out their complete line of patriotic t-shirts, as well as their new EDC tactical gun belt, all manufactured 100% in the United States the way it should be. And also, if you're gonna be purchasing a holster, which makes sense once I tell you how much you're gonna get off, Make sure you get some of their bacon jerky too. It is amazing. Yeah, I said that right. Bacon jerky. So show your support for our show and this great American company by going to www.wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD. That's Charlie Delta. Right now, link is in the description. And if you use promo code CD10, Charlie Delta 10, you'll get $10 off your order. Yeah, I, I've made the mistake a couple of times. I've said 10%. No, it's $10. So you buy a holster for 40 bucks. Use CD10. It's a $30 holster. You can't beat it. And, and as I said, they're straight fire. I mean, this, this thing's amazing. So again, go to www.wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD. That's wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD. And use promo code CD10 to get $10 off your order. Okay. That was not, that, that ad read had nothing to do with the topic at hand. I'm going to get canceled. You can't talk about racism and white supremacy and then just jump to an ad read about gun holsters. Hey, man, I'm, I'm going through the rule book. You're right. Um, sorry, bro. Sorry, we're going to have to cancel you, bro. Uh, that, was an, uh, that was an unfortunate, unfortunate timing. But, no, really, they're, they're great holsters. And I made sure they sent me one before we, we promoted it because I don't want to promote anything that, that doesn't have what they say, a smooth draw. It, it's absolutely worth it. So make sure you check them out. So I, I, I could play a lot, but we know everything's white supremacy. Let's just play this last one because this one, uh, it's a little old, but shows you how they're just lining it up. This is Beto O'Rourke just flat out saying that Donald Trump is a white supremacist. Play cut six. You saw this in May at a rally in Florida. He says, how are we going to stop these people, meaning these immigrants, from coming to this country? Someone yells out, shoot them. The crowd roars their approval. He laughs. He laughs. He says, that's okay with me. 
Um, so he's not the source of, of racism in this country. This country's been racist as long as it's been a country, but he is certainly fanning the flames. Um, he is certainly making violence like this uh, more possible um, and, and, and more real until we change course. You've been very clear that you believe the president is a racist. Is the president a white supremacist? He is. He, he, he's also made that very clear. He's dehumanized or sought to de dehumanize those who do not look like or pray like the majority here in this country. He's but that's not even the definition of white supremacy, right? Like even if you, because you want to talk about dehumanization, the left does it all the time. I mean, if just dehumanizing is the definition of white supremacist, then every single abortion advocate is a white supremacist because they quite literally are dehumanizing the unborn, right? I mean, that's not the definition. You can say he's a xenophobe. He's afraid of the other, the outsider. I think that's a tired trope. I think that they use that term way too much anyway. But you see how they, they, they slide it in. He's a white supremacist because he's dehumanized people. Well, that's not the definition of a white supremacist. A white supremacist is someone who truly believes white people are better than anyone else, right? It, simply saying that we want to build a wall doesn't make you a white. There's no, there's no reasoning with these people. So I, I shouldn't even bother trying. But on Merrick Garland's announcement, it's significant because He's talking about weaponizing the federal government. We've already seen them doing it against the protesters, right? Weaponizing the federal government against this amorphous definition of white supremacy. This is what Tucker had to say about it last night. Let's play cut seven, Tucker Carlson. If it treats every person as an individual and not a member of some larger group that's guilty or innocent. So that should be the goal. That's our history. And we ought to get back to it as soon as we can. But that is exactly the opposite of what our leaders are doing. They're working hard to divide us into warring camps and they're using lies to do it. They're telling us a story that is completely and very much intentionally disconnected from reality. They're claiming that something called white supremacy, and that's a term they never define, is the single greatest threat we face, a greater threat than Al Qaeda or ISIS. Here's our thoroughly craven attorney general telling us that very lie today. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. All right, that's the Attorney General of the United States making a statement of fact backed up by the FBI. So it's fair to ask obvious questions. Who exactly are these violent white supremacists? What are their names? What crimes under the U.S. Code have they committed? We still don't know. Merrick Garland didn't tell us today. Instead, he spent most of his time talking about the riot at the Capitol on January 6th, an event that had nothing whatsoever to do with race. Nothing. But Merrick Garland lied about that. He, like most people you see on television, wants you to believe and wants history to record that January 6th was an attempted insurrection by white supremacist revolutionaries bent on taking over this country. We came this close, Merrick Garland said, and that's why, quote, we must adopt a broader societal response to tackle the problem's deeper roots. So because of January 6th, says the chief law enforcement officer in the United States of America and many other members of Joe Biden's cabinet, we must now use law enforcement and military force to arrest, imprison and otherwise crush anyone who leads opposition to Joe Biden's government. That's their position. They say that out loud. They did today. So I just want to put this up on the screen just so you can see, and we'll play a little bit more of Tucker Carlson in 
a second, I want to show you what white supremacy looks like. Because apparently there's a white supremacist behind every corner. And listen, <laughs> we, we spent a long time quarantine, locked down. For all we know, while we were all locked down, there was some secret white supremacist gatherings happening. Listen, if that's going on, someone's got to tell me. Because I don't see it. When I'm driving around, I'm not seeing people openly wearing their robes, openly wearing their hoods, right? I'm not seeing it. So if, if that's going on, if we all missed it, because we were all being locked down by Fauci at all, you got you to tell me, right? Because I didn't see it. But what I do see, and this is why it doesn't mesh with the reality. We, obviously, we have Merrick Garland saying white supremacy is the biggest threat to the country. But in recent days, we've seen two mass shootings that have nothing to do, well, they have to do with race, but it's not white supremacy. In, in fact, it's, it seems to be the opposite. It seems to be anti-white hatred. I don't want to put words in his in these assailants' mouths, but it looks like black supremacy, anti-white hatred. Put up image number one, Mr. Producer. <laughs> these are the three headlines. Side by side by side. Attorney General, white supremacy's biggest threat is America's biggest threat. You go to Yahoo News. Black Atlanta shooter was targeting white males. You go to CNN. Central Texas high school student arrested for mass shooting in Austin. Black black men. I almost called them gentlemen, but if, if you're a mass shooter, you're not a gentleman. I, I didn't want to accidentally call them that. It, it rings hollow, right? It, and yes, there are mass shootings that are committed by white people. There are mass shootings that do get committed by white people who write manifestos saying that they hate certain other people. That, that happens. That's true. But if you look around you on any given day and you look into the news and you're looking for the violence the murders that are happening in our streets. It's not a bunch of clan members walking down the street just assassinating people. That's what they lead you to believe. There's a large segment of the Democrat Party that actually believes that there are white supremacists just murdering African Americans. And it, again, if it's happening, don't don't keep it a secret. Show us. But when you look in the news, you're not seeing that. Right? You're not seeing just massive white supremacist crimes. And when they do have hate crimes that come out. So often they end up being fraudulent. They end up being faked, right? Where, where it's actually black people who are writing the, the racist screed and the racist comments, spray painting them, graffitiing them. So many of these hate crimes end up being debunked that they're made up. So I, I don't know where this is. And, and the fact that I don't know where it is, that I don't see white supremacy, which I'm sure, I'm sure I could go to some bar out there, to some dive bar, I'm sure I could find white supremacists. I guarantee, I sure, I'm sure I could go into prisons and find white supremacists. I guarantee it, right? I know it. But they don't hold the levers of power. They don't control anything. Which is what leads me to believe that, combined with the fact that they've said it outright, they're talking about me, they're talking about Josh, they're talking about you. They're not talking about bona fide white supremacists. You are a white supremacist as far as they're concerned because, well, I don't want to I don't want to misgender you, but if you're white, you're a white supremacist. As but as we just saw, you don't have to be white if you're to be a white supremacist. You can be black, you can be Asian. White supremacy isn't even a skin color anymore. It's just a way of life. And I'm not talking about that old Chappelle show sketch of a blind black white supremacist. No, they truly believe that if you are a black conservative, that you have adopted white supremacy, which is why this is so incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Let's go back. Let's play this because this is the other part that's really that's really terrifying. They're talking about misinformation. And part of Merrick Garland's speech was a promise to use the $100 million that they're asking for 
to help media and tech companies fight back against misinformation and disinformation that he says fuels white supremacy. So they, they talk about this in such, I keep using the word, but amorphous, undefined terms. So it can be applied for anything, right? Anything is white supremacy as far as the left is concerned. Here's Merrick Garland promising that they're going to use this program to go after fake news. Play cut nine. The Department of Homeland Security is expanding its intelligence analysis, production, and sharing. It is prioritizing relevant grant funding to support state and, state and local partners. It is enhancing its collaboration with community-based organizations and state and local and industry partners to address domestic terrorism threats while protecting privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties and is working to support the development of resources that enhance critical thinking and media literacy as a mechanism to strengthen resilience to misinformation and disinformation. Misinformation and disinformation. I played a little bit longer. I could have cut that clip and made it a little shorter, but I wanted you to see that the bookends of that clip was talking about respecting your First Amendment right, which is freedom of speech, and then also saying he's going to use government authority to crack down on what he deems to be misinformation. What is misinformation? Is it critical race theory? Is it the idea that white people are just inherently evil? Go ahead, put up my screen. I guarantee you this guy isn't going to crack down on this critical race theory instructor. Ash, Ashley the lion. Yep, that's what, that's what she goes by. And if you feel so inclined, you can PayPal her apparently at PayPal. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to say it. But she has a PayPal and she's teaching critical race theory and you can see right there on the easel all we white people are racist. I don't know, apparently the treadmill is also racist. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be mean. We'll be nice. We'll be the nice ones. We won't be the mean ones. But I guarantee you he's not going after those people who are being brought into companies corporations, organizations to teach them that white people are just inherently racist. He's not going to go after the teachers that are teaching impressionable school age children that white people are evil and that white, that Caucasian, your skin color makes you evil and that you have, you should be guilty. You should be guilty. You should feel guilty for the sins of some other person who had the same pigmentation as you. He's not going to go after that. No, you're, he's going to go after the people who resist that. If you resist critical race theory, well, that means you're a white supremacist because the only person who would resist right? Critical race theory are white supremacists, right? If you don't believe that society is bad because of its whiteness, then you must believe it's good because of its whiteness. That makes you a critical race. It makes you a white supremacist. This, this is what I'm talking about. Everyone, everything, everything conservative is now, is now white supremacy. I'm not making it up. You can make the argument for pretty much everything. But this got me really concerned when I hear Merrick Garland talking about misinformation, disinformation. I don't like to make, I don't like to make Nazi comparisons. I don't. I think they're pretty much overused. I think even when you can probably make the comparison, you shouldn't. I'm a firm believer of uh, reducto ad Hitlerum, which is which is the logical fallacy, the idea. That if, if you argue with someone for long enough, eventually Hitler will come up, right? Everything gets reduced down to Hitler and everything can be Hitler-like if you argue about it for a long time. So I try to avoid Nazi Hitler references. But when I see this, 
when I see we're going after white supremacists and when I see them branding white supremacists as the enemies of the state, when I see that that term is so undefined and it's being used to describe me, describe you, describe all of us, regardless of our skin color, just because of our political opinions, just because of what we want the country to be like. When I see that, it can't, I can't help but think back to Nazism. So I want to tell you a bit about Nazism. I'm not going to tell you about the Holocaust. We all, most of us, all of us, I would imagine, know about the Holocaust. You probably don't know the inner workings of how they got there, of how they got from Adolf Hitler being elected to complete Nazi rule and the extermination of the, of the other. Well, they got there through a lot of small steps and a lot of steps that sounded reasonable and where the people were ginned up to believe that there was someone in amongst them who was either holding them back or trying to kill them. And every time they convinced the people of that, they then got the people to sign off on all kinds of stuff. One of those laws put up image number two was known as the malicious acts. The, not, the defense against malicious acts. This was a law that was passed in 1933. And let's keep this up for a bit. Basically, it was empowering the Nazi regime to go after their opponents. If they disagree with them politically, this made it statute for them to actually punish them. So here's what it said. It said, whoever purposely makes or circulates a statement of a factual nature, which is untrue or grossly exaggerated, or which may seriously harm the welfare of the Reich or of a state or of the reputation of the national government or of a state government, or of parties or organizations supporting these governments is to be punished, provided that no more severe punishment is decreed in other regulations with imprisonment of up to two years. And if he makes or spreads the statement pu publicly with imprisonment of not less than three months, if serious damage to the Reich or a state has resulted from this deed, penal servitude may be imposed. Whoever commits an act through negligence will be punished with imprisonment of up to three months or by a fine. So when you see Merrick Garland declare that white supremacists, who we've now explained are pretty much every conservative these days, say they want to go after misinformation, my spider sense starts tingling because I am a student of history. And every student of history studies history to learn from the mistakes of the past and to make sure they do not happen again. So when I see that, it reminds me of the, the 1933 malicious, malicious acts law where they punished people for thought crimes, for fake news. They didn't call it fake news. I'm sure if they had fake news in German, it would be 80 syllables, right? <laughs> but this is the same equivalent. And you see that if serious damage to the Reich or stake has resulted from this fake news, penal servitude may be imposed. Where do you think they sent people deemed uh, that they deemed had committed such a grave fake news offense against the Nazi party. Because remember, it's not just the German Reich. It also says uh, seriously harm parties or organizations that support the governments, the Nazi party, the, the National Socialist Workers Party. So if you just spoke out against the Nazi party and they determined it was a lie, you would have penal servitude. Where do you think they made people f carry out those sentences? The concentration camps. I mean, this is how you get there. Right? So when I see Merrick Garland say we're going to go after the fake news, the misinformation, the disinformation that lead to white supremacy, and I see them creating this narrative that white supremacy is at the root of everything wrong with this country. And if you are not white yourself, 
white supremacists are there and they are the ones that are keeping you down. It's your their fault you can't get a job. It's their fault you can't get a loan. It's their fault that you have to you have to have three jobs just to make ends meet. It's their fault you, you you're stuck in the tenements, right? All these things that we hear, those are the same freaking things that the Nazis were saying to the Germans about the Jews. I mean, the, the, the German economy, very complex. And if we want to be completely honest, the reason the German economy was completely sunk is the Allies blamed them for World War I, which isn't fair. It's not fair. The Germans did not cause World War I, but they were treated as such, and they destroyed the economy to the point where a German Reichsmark was not even worth the paper it was printed on. We've covered this on the show before when we talk about inflation, right? They were actually giving the paper in blocks, the money to blocks in child, uh, for children to play with, like let them play with blocks of currency, wallpapering the walls, right? Lots of causes, but what the Nazis did is they is they went to the people who had nothing, right? No money. They had money, but it was worthless. It wasn't even worth the paper it was printed on. They went to them and said, well, the reason this is all happening is because of the Jews. The, this is the Jewish conspiracy. They're the ones who did this to you. And if they were removed, you, you would have money again. When I know that that sounds ridiculous, but when you have nothing, when you, when you are backed into a corner, like lots of people don't know this, interwar Germany was a terrifying place prostitution was off the charts. That was the only way that women could provide for their families. And you had wealthy businessmen from France, from, from Britain, from the United States, fly to Germany for sex tourism. So they, they destroy the German economy by holding them responsible for World War I. Then they fly into Germany and, and essentially rape their women and, and toss them a quarter. And then they fly back, right? It, it, was, it was a whole sex tourism thing, really disgusting, really gross. When you live like that, you are, you are looking for that spark. You are looking for how to get out of this situation. And when someone comes and they say, I have the solution and follow me and I, and I will lead us to greatness again. And oh, by the way, we just have to get rid of these people. They're the ones causing all the problems. That's a kind of narrative that sticks. It shouldn't have stuck. It's insane to blame Jewish people for that, but it's a kind of narrative that sticks. So when you see today, though, white supremacy, white supremacy is the biggest threat facing the nation. You guys remember what it was like after 9-11? Everyone was terrified. Everyone was terrified after 9-11. Terrified there was going to get, happen again. Terrified there was a plane was going to fly into your suburbs. Right? Terrified the anthrax was going to be sent to your post office. It was a terrifying time. right? It, it, was, it was a time that created a lot of mistrust. And there were a lot of terrible things that were done to, to Muslims, also to Sikhs who aren't Muslim. But just because they wore a turban, it made them look Muslim to some people. A lot of terrible stuff happened because the whole narrative was set that they were the enemy. Well, here you have the government saying that white people are the enemy, actively encouraging Americans to turn white people in, turn conservatives in for potential radicalization. It says this is evil, folks. It's evil. And we talk about critical race theory in schools. We talk about critical race theory in schools. Critical race theory is evil. It's absolutely evil. Put up image five. This is this is uh, from a Massachusetts public school, Wellesley Public School, woke Massachusetts public schools, tell students and staff to inform on each other for telling rude jokes, referring to the China virus and other microaggressions. So they're, they're teaching the kids to turn in your classmate for racism. This is literally what they did in Nazi Germany. The kids would inform on the not sufficiently German kids, the Jewish kids, the gypsies, the communists, the socialists. That's what they did. They used the kids to inform on the other kids, and then they locked up the whole family. It's happening. 
but it's under the it's under the pretext of critical race theory of, of of rude jokes of microaggressions nonsense absolutely nonsense you know what they were teaching i just mentioned in those schools to school children in germany put up image four this is what critical race theory looked like under the nazi regime this is how they taught you to identify different races of people in Nazi Germany. They said you could tell by the nose. You could tell a Jewish person by the nose. And if someone had a long nose, then you should turn them in. And you could tell who if someone was, was white and Aryan or if they had a little bit of black in their heritage because their skull would be shaped a different color. And if you see some uh, uh, di- uh, shaped a different way, and if you see someone with a differently shaped skull, they're not sufficiently Aryan. You should turn them in. This is the same crap that was going on in Nazi Germany, and they're just flooding it into the schools. And if you dare resist it, if you dare oppose it, if you dare say, I want nothing to do with this, they they brand you as a white supremacist. And they say you're the biggest threat to the country. Why? Because you don't want critical race theory. You don't want Nazism being taught in schools today under a different banner. That somehow you're now a racist. It's the same crap. Just different, just different, different name. It's the same attempt to take part of the population, brand them as the other, brand them as the part that's holding everyone else down. All of your problems are their fault, except in this case, they're not talking about Jews, or as they said in Germany, Juden. They're talking about white supremacists, and that's a term that has been so bastardized, it refers to anyone who has even the slightest conservative thought. You're a white supremacist. This is, this is insanity. It's absolutely insanity. Well, before I... Before I, <laughs> I have a stroke, let me take a step back and remind you this podcast is brought to you by Air Medicare Network. Air Medicare Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you should you ever need to be airlifted for an emergency for $85 for one year, less if you're a senior citizen, less by year if you buy three or five years at a time, your entire household, not just you, not just you and your wife, your household will be covered should any of you need to be airlifted for a medical emergency that's being transported to a hospital by helicopter. If you live in a a suburban area, if you live in a rural area, if you spend a lot of time outdoors, if you have a lake house, you have a mountain cabin, this is common sense stuff. Because if you've ever had to be transported by ambulance to a hospital, you know that your insurance plan won't cover that. Well, they're definitely not going to cover it if all of a sudden that ambulance is, is a helicopter. But you don't have to worry about that. Money shouldn't be a concern. With Air Medicare Network, you will be covered. You won't pay a cent as long as you're flown to a hospital by an AMCN provider. So you're going to want to make sure you go to www.airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily and you use promo code daily. You'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on what plan, how many years you sign up for. Again, that's www.airmakecarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And then use promo code daily to receive up to $50 in the form of an e-gift card. I had to read that out because I felt like if I didn't just take a step back, yeah, Kenny says, if I, keep, if I keep going like this, I'm going to need to be airlifted. Yeah, 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 no. But when you see it, it's one of those things. We've been saying on the podcast a ton. If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. This, if you're a student of history, and I'm not just talking about like, oh, you, you took a history class, you learned about the Holocaust in high school. If you've actually studied how the Nazis did it, what it took to convince a population that their neighbor was evil, if you understand what they actually had to go through to make, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to take a nation and to break it up and say, well, yeah, you have a national identity, but they're not, they're not part of it. Right. I mean, racial lines aren't drawn the way racists think that they are. 
like no one's truly 100% Jewish, right? There's always other parts of their lineage. This is the same back then, right? You, you can't just overnight snap your fingers and say, oh yeah, your, your neighbor's evil. Oh yeah, the, the baker down the street, evil. We have to exterminate them. Otherwise you're going to always be impoverished. I mean, that is a crazy statement, but it goes little by little by little by little by little. And when you ostracize the other, when you paint the other, when you blame the other, when you characterize the other, and when you tell people to inform on the other, it's how you get there. We're, we're, we're on our way. I, 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 I like to think that we'd never have internment camps in the United States, but FDR beat us to it, right? It is possible. It's possible to have internment camps. FDR proved it. There's a law that was passed this year in New York State allowing for the internment of people for COVID-19 purposes, either refusing vaccines or refusing treatment. That is a law, right? I mean, we're not too good for, for this potentiality. This can happen. And part of that promise of never again, which is the promise you always hear from people when, when they condemn crimes against humanity and genocide, part of never again is recognizing when we're on the path to genocide, right? To ethnic cleansing, to, to politicide. We're on the path. This is straight from the same books. What's also straight from the same books is that in order to gain power, as we've covered on the show before, the Nazis had to stage a false flag event. For them, it was the Reichstag fire. Let's go ahead and put up image six. We've covered this on the show before. I'm not going to go into it too much. Image six, the Reichstag, this is the German equivalent of their parliament, their Congress, burned to the ground. The Nazis, historians are now pretty solid on the fact that the Nazis set those fires that the Nazis set the fires to deliberately burn down to blame the other. Well, what does that remind you of? That reminds you of January 6th, where we know there are Antifa types involved. We know now, as we'll cover in a second when we play this next Tucker Carlson clip, we know there were feds involved. So you stage an attack on the congressional hall. You blame the other. And you use that attack to try and seize more power for yourself. The Nazis used the Reichstag fire to, to, to pass a law that would basically make Adolf Hitler supreme chancellor, right? He went from having a lower position to then being able to write any law he wants, amend the constitution on his own without even needing parliament support. They used the Reichstag fire to do it because listen, all the people in parliament, they just watched their, their, their parliament get burned to the ground. And they're like, oh no, we have to do this. We have to do this. The communists are gonna get us. The, the next time we're in here, they're gonna burn the thing to the ground. We have to give Adolf Hitler power, have to give him power should remind you of what we've seen from the left trying to abolish the filibuster, trying to create their own uh, January 6th commission to just be a, an inquisition against conservatives. They're trying to do the same crap and they're trying to blame you for something you didn't do. And say, oh, well, because the January 6th protests, we had, we have to seize more power. That's what the Democrats want. Well, we, we are now learning more and more that January 6th was a modern Reichstag. It was not an organic riot or an organic insurrection, we are learning now that there were a lot of people involved who were either FBI informants or bona fide FBI agents who helped plan the thing, who egged people on, who encouraged it, hell, who even committed violent acts themselves in order to not blow their cover. There were feds involved in the January 6th insurrection. Warning for everyone, when you see when you see white supremacists, when you see anti-Semites in the comment section, they're probably feds, 
if, if you're if you're having beers with your with your buddies and they bring someone you've never met before and that person starts encouraging you to do violent things, probably a Fed. Let, let's let's listen to this. This is Tucker Carlson talking about the federal government, the FBI's role in egging on the insurrection. Let's play cut eight. But strangely, some of the key people who participated on January 6th have not been charged. Look at the documents. The government calls those people unindicted co-conspirators. What does that mean? Well, it means that in potentially every single case, they were FBI operatives. Really? In the Capitol on January 6th. For example, one of those unindicted co-conspirators is someone government documents identify only as Person 2. According to those documents, Person 2 stayed in the same hotel room as a man called Thomas Caldwell, an insurrectionist, a man alleged to be a member of the group The Oath Keepers. Person 2 also, quote, stormed the barricades at the Capitol on January 6th alongside Thomas Caldwell. The government's indictments further indicate that Caldwell, who, by the way, is a 65-year-old man, this dangerous insurrectionist, was led to believe there would be a, quote, quick reaction force also participating on January 6th. That quick reaction force, Caldwell was told, would be led by someone called Person 3, who had a hotel room and an accomplice with him. But wait, here's the interesting thing. Person 2 and Person 3 were organizers of the riot. The government knows who they are, but the government has not charged them. Why is that? You know why. They were almost certainly working for the FBI. So FBI operatives were organizing the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, according to government documents. And those two are not alone. In all, Revolver News reported there are, quote, upwards of 20 unindicted co-conspirators in the Oath Keeper indictments, all playing various roles in the conspiracy, who have not been charged for virtually the exact same activities, and in some cases, much, much more severe activities, as those named alongside them, in the indictments. Huh? So it turns out that this white supremacist insurrection was, again, by the government's own admission in these documents, organized at least in part by government agents. Are you shocked? We're shocked. We shouldn't be shocked. Because in March, the FBI director admitted that the Bureau was infiltrating as many dissident groups that oppose the regime as it possibly can. Incredible. I mean, it, it's... <laughs> It's beyond Antifa infiltration when you have unindicted co-conspirators and they are arresting everyone. The only reason that you don't indict the co-conspirators, the person one, person two, person three, is because they are, they've turned state wit state's witness, right? They've either after the fact turned state's witness or more likely they, because even if that was the case, they'd still be named, right? It's much more likely they are unnamed because they are either an informant or they are an actual FBI agent being they're on the payroll this is and we've seen other stories come out where, where the fbi has actively tried to infiltrate these groups and it's not just infiltrating to watch what happens remember it was the whole conversation about the guys who were going to uh duck gretchen whitmer remember that it turns out in that story the guy telling them to do it was the fbi asset was the government asset right he was the one driving hey we should we should abduct her that's called entrapment Right. There's a fine line between undercover work, basically catching someone in the act of a crime and someone and a, a government entity entrapping you in that crime, either so encouraging you so much that you have no choice or, or it, it, you're not allowed to entrap people. 
So when you have these unindicted co-conspirators doing the organizing and they're not being arrested, but the guy who put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk is getting the book thrown at him, it's very obvious that those people who did the organizing were the assets, the FBI assets. But they're not going to get they're not going to get uh they're not going to get prosecuted. Why would why would the Glowies prosecute their own? Whole thing's a setup. And that's why again, I hate the Nazi analogies. But if you read about the Reichstag fire and you read about how the Nazis used it to, to seize more power for themselves, to blame the undesirable for an attack on democracy itself, stop me when this sounds familiar. I say the, the, those enemies, those damn communists, those damn socialists, they attacked our democracy. The only way to defend ourselves is to give all this power to this one evil man. Sound familiar? You should. We're living it. We're living it right now. I wanted to, we're going to end this hour. And before we do, I, I want to read to you a, a recount from a man named Alphonse Heck. Alphonse Heck was a German who, after the Nazis had brainwashed him, he was in the Hitler Youth, he turned on his own family. He turned on his own father, turned him in. So when you hear, when you hear Merrick Garland, when you hear Joe Biden, when you hear Biden administration officials saying we want the Americans to turn in anyone they believe to be too radically conservative for their liking. I want to read to you this account of what happened. Let's go ahead and put up image three. Keep it up so I can read the whole thing. In retrospect, I think it was the last time my father railed against the regime in front of me. He wasn't much of a drinker, but when he had a few too many, he had a tendency to shout down everyone else. Not a small feat among the men of my family. You mark my words, mother, he yelled. That goddamn Austrian house painter is going to kill us all before he's through conquering the world. And then his baleful eye fell on me. They are going to bury you in this goddamn monkey suit, his Hitler youth uniform. My boy, he chuckled. But that was too much for my grandmother. Why don't you leave him alone? And then the German words for you, stupid fool, she said sharply. And watch your mouth. You want to end up in the KZ? That's the concentration camp. He laughed bitterly and added, so it has come that far already, My, your own son turning you in? My grandmother told me to leave the kitchen, but the last thing I heard was my, sarcast my father's sarcastic voice. Are you people all blind? This thing with the Jews is just the beginning. That is an account of uh, Hitler Youth. Who, if if I'm correct, if I my memory serves correctly, it was either him or his other family members, it was a combination of the two, turned his father in for crimes against the Nazi regime, speaking ill of the Nazi regime. Lots of people say, How how did the Nazis do what they did? How how did it get that bad? Surely good people would have stood up and would have stopped it. The reason they didn't stop it is every time they stood up, there were people ready to pull them right back down. And that story shows you that there was, a, there was a lot of sane people who recognized what was going on. But if you catch them, if you arrest them before they have the ability to organize, you do it one by one. Remember, we showed you telling the kids to turn the people in. A lot of people were turned in by their own kids who were brainwashed in Hitler Youth to think that it was good for the Reich. That's how you get there. So everyone, hit the share button. If you haven't already, give us a thumbs up, hit the share button. This is happening right in front of us. It's the same playbook. It's the same damn playbook.
What are we going to do about it? We'll be back on the other side of this quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call-to-action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 